Welcome to The Romantic Side of Suspense with Sarah Hemmerker. In each episode, she'll talk with your favorite romantic suspense authors. They will take you behind the scenes of the writing process, giving excerpts from their writing, and share stories about their writing life. Hello, and welcome to The Romantic Side of Suspense. I'm your host, Sarah Hammerker, and I'm so glad you joined me. This episode, you're going to hear about this month's new releases in Christian romantic suspense. I hope you will enjoy hearing from your favorite romantic suspense authors as they talk about the background of their latest books. Before you hear from other romantic suspense writers, I would like to talk to you a little bit about my new book, The Dark Reckoning, book three in my Cold War Legacy series, but each book is a standalone. How does my heroine, Asana, feel about love at the beginning of the story? She feels that love has passed her by and that no one, and that she's not worthy of love. What is holding my hero, Sai, back from finding love? He, too, has not seen a very positive portrayal of love, and he doesn't want to go through the agony of loving someone only to lose them. What is one redeeming quality about my villain? Well, my villain loves their family. And that is what is driving most of their decisions. Why did I pick the story setting? Because of where I placed all of the books in the Cold War Legacy series in the Washington, D.C. area, because it's just the right place for this kind of story. And what was the easiest part about writing this book? I think the easiest part was writing about the love story between Asana and Sai and how they navigated their own fears. And what is, do what, what's one thing I want readers to know about my book? That it is a standalone, even though it's in a series, and that the past doesn't have to dictate our future. Now, stay tuned for some more from your favorite romantic suspense authors. Hi, now my guest is Liz Tolzma, and she her book is What I Would Tell You. So Liz, welcome to my show. Thanks so much for having me, Sarah. I'm glad to be here. All right, so let's go through our questions about this book. Uh, what did your heroine want to be when she grew up? Well, because this is dual timeline, I actually have two heroines. So the historical heroine, the one during World War II, Matilda wanted to run her own newspaper, a small Jewish newspaper, and she was able to accomplish that and to use it for some good. And the present-day heroine, Tessa, she uh, is in college getting a psychology degree. She's not sure what she wants to do with it, but she ends up working at the Jewish Museum of Thessaloniki in Greece. Cool. Um, and so what about your her- your hero? Where did he grow up? Well, both the historical and the contemporary heroes grew up in Thessaloniki, Greece, and it's really a beautiful, ancient city with so much history and so much going on for it, so it's a really cool place to have both of them grow up. Now, <clears throat> since this was romantic suspense, I know you have a villain. Why did you decide to make this particular person the villain? Well, he became the villain because he actually was a real-life person. His name was Dr. Max Merton, and he was the overseer of the military in the northern part of Greece during the Second World War. Um, He pretended to be a friend of the Jewish people, but he ended up betraying them. So he was just too good of a villain to pass up. 
yes. And you talked a little bit about the setting, but do you want to add any more about why you picked that particular setting? Well, I chose it because the events in the book are based on real events that took place in Thessaloniki, Greece. And when I went to visit it to do the research for the book, I absolutely fell in love. It's a charming port city with, like I said, so much history and friendly people, so much going on for it that it really was the perfect setting for the book. And why did you want to write this particular story? You say it's based on, you know, on real life, something that happened in real life. But what what about the story drew you to write about it? I had never heard anything really about Greece during World War II. I had never known that it had been defeated by the Nazis. I didn't know anything about what happened to the Jews in Greece during the war. So all in all, it was such a unique story that I felt it would just be really good to tell. And the real-life events behind it, which I can't say much until you read the book, were too compelling to pass it up. That sounds marvelous. So what is the book's tagline? Okay, the book's tagline is, Determined to resist the invading Nazis, a Greek-Jewish woman's greatest dream has become her worst nightmare. And now she faces an impossible choice whose consequences echo across the generations. Ooh, I think everyone now needs to go out and get What I Would Tell You by Liz Tolzma. So thank you for being on my show today, Liz. Thanks so much for having me, Sarah. It was fun. Next up is Terry Reed, and we're going to talk about her new book, Forced to Hide. So welcome to my show, Terry. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Fun to be here. So if your heroine has or could have a pet, what would it be? And if she does have a pet, you have to tell us its name. Okay, so my heroine, Adele, has a rescue Dalmatian named Scout, and he is quite attentive. He's quite attentive? Yes. Okay. quite attentive. He loves loves Adele. (laughs) Okay. I sense this could be a plot complication with the hero, but we won't go there. (laughs) Readers can find out if I'm right or not. So what is holding your hero back from love in this book? Well, the hero, Brian, doesn't trust others to keep their commitments, and that comes from his childhood wounds and really affects his um, current day. Okay, yeah. We can all, we, I think we can all imagine how that could be true. Mm-hmm. And let's go on to the villain, because we love our villains in a way. Uh, so what's yeah. one redeeming quality about your villain in Force to Hide? Well, excuse me. Um, my villain is very loyal. Even though his loyalty is misplaced, maybe, but... It is what drives him, but it's also a very redeeming quality. I mean, having somebody yeah. who's loyal is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is a good quality, and sometimes those good qualities can be used in ways that are not so good. Um, right. Yeah. So let's talk about the setting, because I always, always like to talk about settings. Um, if you have it set in the real place, what is one thing you changed about the setting to, to fit your story? Well, I have, I'm studying, I set this book in San Antonio, and 
the real federal courthouse. I put a building next to it that was under construction because I needed that as a plot device for the story. So re- people in San Antonio will not find that. <laughs> right. <laughs> they will not find the building next door that's under construction. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, good, good to know. So San Antonio's, don't go looking for it. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> so what was the uh, genesis of the story? What was the idea that started Forced to Hide? Well, the seed for this story came from an experience I had um, when I was attending a court hearing, and I was paid very close attention to the whole proceedings, and I knew from my research that U.S. deputy marshals protected judges, federal judges, and so I thought it would be really interesting to have a federal judge be in jeopardy and one of my U.S. Marshal deputies um, protecting her. So that's where the story started. (laughs) Oh, cool. I always love hearing how stories start because it's, you know, just fascinating. Um, Well, we're going to end with what's your book's tagline for Force to Hide? A bomber is on the loose. Will they be his next victim? Ooh, that's really suspenseful. Well, you'll have to find out more readers and listeners and read Force to Hide. So thank you for being on my show, Terry. You're welcome. Thank you for inviting me. Next up is Elizabeth Goddard, and we're going to talk about her new book, Cold Light of Day. So welcome, Elizabeth. Hi, it's great to be here. So we're going to jump right in with the questions. If your heroine has or could have a pet... What would it be? And if she does have a pet, what did she call it? Well, Greer, the hero, inherits a Siberian husky named Cap, short for Captain America, as many people know. And so if Autumn, my heroine, were to get a dog too, she'd probably get a friend for Cap. And like Cap, she'd want her dog to be a stray or a dog in need of a home. So there's really no telling what the breed is, honestly. And maybe she'd call him Thor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's that's. I mean, that's not very creative, but you know, it goes along. Yeah, yeah. No, it does. That's great. So, so what is holding your hero back from finding love? Um, he carries some heavy, deadly baggage. He's supposed to be keeping a low profile, so he really shouldn't be falling in love. <laughs> but we all know that these have happily ever afters. So you'll have to read to find out how he overcomes that. Um, And now your, yeah, your villain, what does your villain, who or what does your villain love the most? Well, most villains, what do they love? They love money, they love power, but my villain is also obsessed with someone. And I'm not going to share any more about that because I don't want to give too much away on the story, so. Right. And as, as we all know, you know, our villains are humans as well. So they do have, you know, they can have some redeeming qualities and they can, sometimes love in a right way, but we'll have to read your book to find out who he's obsessed with. Right. Hmm. Uh-huh. And if you, um, so your setting is a fictitious place. Uh, what did you base it on for the setting? Well, of it's book? set, yeah, it's set in Southeast Alaska in the Panhandle, but the town, Shadow Gap is a fictional town and um, it is, I put it in a um, fictional fjord across from Haines and down from Skagway. If anyone knows, where those towns are in the very northern part of South 
East Alaska, and I model Shadowgrass after both of those towns. So um, it's just a little town based on more little towns in Southeast Alaska. Great. I love that. It's one of the best things about fiction is, you know, you can create a town based on a town based on a town. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but it's your own town. You can do what you want with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Move things around. That's always a good thing. And what is the underlying positive message of Cold Light of Day? Well, I have several themes and me- or messages um, going along. It's hope can make the difference between life and death, the import- importance of learning what a person is truly made of, and I have a scripture that is very prominent, which is Micah 6.8, to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with God. But the most important message, a real message in the story, really is that God has a purpose for each of us, and it's greater than we could ever imagine. Ah, I love that. And we're going to leave our readers, our listeners, with what is your book's kind of tagline? How would you sum your book up in a short Um, Yeah, okay. This is really an unofficial tagline, but Alaska is referred to as the land of the lost, but the hardest Mm. people to find are those who choose to hide. In book one, Chief Autumn Long's life is on the line as she unearths deadly secrets, and the one man she thought she could trust comes with her, his own brand of trouble, and the rising danger shakes her world. Ooh, that's a great, great way to end it. Well, thank you for being on it, on my show today, and I hope that people will pick up Elizabeth Goddard's Cold Light of Day. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was great. And next up is Lynette Eason, and we're going to talk about her book, Critical Threat. So welcome, Lynette. Thank you. So let's talk about your heroine. How does she feel about love? in the early pages of your story? So Grace is, she's okay with love. Like um, she, she's had kind of a crazy past, but um, she had met the hero before the story started. And they, they, they met off stage. And so when she sees him again, she, she's, uh, she's interested. So. Okay. That's good. Good place for her to be. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And what what about your hero? What's his greatest fear? His greatest fear is um, the, <laughs> so his father is a serial killer, and he is the one. Uh, my hero is the one that actually put his father in jail. He found the evidence, turned it over to the police, and put him in jail. And so I, his greatest fear is that somehow, some way, he there's something of his father in him. Mm-hmm. And um, of course there's not, but yeah. Well, it's a, legit- it's a legitimate fear. Yeah. <laughs> so I know you're not going to give the villain away, but why did you make him, this person, the villain? Why, why did you decide that this person needed to be the, the one behind everything? Um, because this person, um, just has a, obviously a lot happened in this person's past. And it finally, there was this one thing that kind of broke the camel's back, so to speak. And um, a lot of bad influences, a lot of uh, wanting to please one particular person in this person's life. I'm trying not to reveal gender, but... 
Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to give I usually it talk a little. I usually do use pronouns when I talk, but <laughs> no, no, no. Um, <laughs> well, let's but, let's uh, keep them yeah. <laughs> and it just seemed to fit. You know, I really didn't even know who the villain was. I had a different person in mind mm. uh, when I started the story, and I'm kind of a panther sort of plant, sort of plotter, but not really. And so, <laughs> so as I kept going through the story, I was like, oh my gosh, I have the wrong person as my villain, and so. I changed it, and yeah, and it and it and it worked perfect. I, I think subconsciously, I must have had this person in mind because I I had to go back and change some things, but not a lot, and I had to drop in some red herrings and some hints right. and stuff. But anyway, anyway, I mean, it worked, but um, but yeah, great. Um, so why did you pick the story setting? Well, mainly because of my heroine Grace's um her occupation as mm -hmm. an FBI agent with the behavioral analysis unit there. And so she had to be near Quantico mm -hmm. and that's where she would be based. And so um, with her position, she, it, I had to pick where I put it. <laughs> yeah. There, you, you know, getting around Quantico. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> near Quantico. Yeah. Um, what was the hardest part of writing this book for you? The hardest part of writing that this book probably was researching a serial killer and trying to get into his head in a way. Um, yeah, I, I mean, nobody wants to put all that stuff in their head. And I, I don't go too far with the research. I do enough just to get an idea of how creepy I need to make the person and that kind of stuff. I just, I don't want to know everything there is. I don't want to study case files and, and all that psychological stuff. But, um, but so that, you know, that was probably the hardest part of writing the story was was some of the research and stuff that I had to read through. But um, and and somebody asked me this the other day, and really one of the things that I wanted to make sure I got right was my hero is the son of a serial killer. How did that impact him? How did psychologically, mentally, physically, emotionally? How did that? I wanted to make sure that I wrote him as legit as possible, and that readers would not look at that and go she she totally missed the mark nobody who is the child of a serial killer is going to think or feel like this and so and that was that was um that was hard to make sure I got that right yeah all right last question what is one thing you want readers to know about critical threat uh I just want them to know that I really want them to enjoy the story yeah it's supposed to be entertaining and um and, and I want them to know that in spite of the subject matter, there's hope in, in the pages. Oh, I love that. It's a great way to end our interview. So thanks for being on the show, Lynette. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Welcome, Robin Patchen, to my show. We're going to talk about Courage in the Shadows. So, Robin, why did you pick your heroine's name? Um, so my heroine is this really tough, closed-off person and I wanted to give her a super whimsical name that irritated her and so I had in another book I had called her Lake so I decided her first name needed to be Summer so that she could be really annoyed by being named Summer Lake. <laughs> I love that <laughs> and what is your hero's greatest fear in this book? My hero is afraid to leave somebody in danger he has had issues in the past where he has had to leave one person to go work with another person, and that has gone badly for him. And so that is his greatest fear, that someone's going to get hurt because he wasn't there for them. Ooh, that, that, 
I just lean on the, that suspense right now. Um, what is one redeeming quality about your villain? Because we all know villains, there's usually something redeeming about them. Yeah, my villain really loves his family. He has a sister, and his sister has kids, and he loves them. And he goes out of his way to take care of them. And we don't see of that, but um, we see it a little hint of it at the very beginning. He really loves his family. Nobody else. Does. Okay. Great. Um, and so let's talk about the setting. If it's a fictitious place, why did what did you base it on? Right. So, um, you know, my books will take place in a little town. This series is called Coventry, New Hampshire. But I wanted this book to be in Maine because my next setting is going to be over in Maine. And so I went up there this year. I'm from that part of the world. So my sister and I were poking around on the coast, and um, we went to a gun quit. And there's this darling little port town in Agunquit and a little area. And I thought I need to have a story here. So um, I say that they're in New York, but I'm picturing, which is another town in Maine, but I'm picturing Agunquit as, as I was writing the thing. That's the place that was, um, that was oh. in my head. Yeah. Uh-huh. And the why is because there I will, my next series is going to take place in that, in that little area there. Oh, great. So um, how did you come up with the idea or the genesis of this particular story, Courage in the Shadows? Yeah, so I had created this character, Summer, um, for a different story, and she was such a unique character. She's this drop-dead gorgeous six-foot-tall woman who is just as tough as nails, and she just asked herself, why is she like that? Or at least, you know, writers ask ourselves these questions. I didn't know. I just Mm -hmm. made it up for a different story. But then I came up with this whole backstory to explain it. And then once I did, I, I had to write it. I had to bring it back. So, you know, back many years ago, she and her little sister and a bunch of other models were kidnapped. And they were rescued. But um, I just, that was something that she never really dealt with, which, which is why she's so tough and um, just ready to fight all the time. So I, I decided I needed to bring that back. I needed to bring the kidnapper back into her life so she could deal with it. Oh, yeah, so I love it when we give our characters the that closure later. So, okay, last question. What's yeah. one thing you want readers to know about Courage in the Shadows? I think just that idea that um, sometimes really rough things happen so that we can, you know, because the Lord's trying to do something in our lives, right? So mm-hmm. we... You know, if we don't if we don't deal with the hard things, we don't. She wasn't a believer at the time, so um, she couldn't do this. But if we don't take those hard things to the Lord, uh, He doesn't just let us get away with it. He is always going to be pulling us back to Himself and pulling us back to truth. And um, and so sometimes that's really a hard journey. Hopefully, it doesn't involve murderers and stuff for most of us. But um, but that but that's sort of the idea is that you know we need to deal with it and. Um, and bring it bring it to light. Great. Well, listeners, you can get Courage in the Shadows. It's out this month in your local bookstores, online, so please check it out. And thanks for being on my show, Robin. Thank you. Now my guest is Darlene L. Turner, and here to talk about her new book, Alaskan Avalanche Escape. So welcome to my show, Darlene. Thanks so much. I'm so glad to be here. So if your heroine could have a pet or has a pet, what would it be? 
definitely a dog because there is a golden retriever in this story, and his name is Hercules. Hercules. Okay. I like I love those names. Greek god or god names for the for the dogs and the animals. <laughs> and it's also there's also fun. like a Hercules plane that rescues people, so that's oh, kind of cool. the reason why I chose that name. Cool. He's a rescue. All right. Um, so what is your hero's greatest fear in this book? Well, um, my hero is scared of bears um, because his sister, um, back a few years ago, his sister was um, unfortunately killed by a bear, and he mm. tried his hardest to stop it, but he couldn't. So then he feels responsible for that attack, and it, 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 it placed a fear of bears inside him. And I'm guessing if they're in Alaska, he might run into some bears. Yes. <laughs> so who or what does your villain love the most in this book? Family. Family is very important to my villain. Okay. And how does the setting of this book move the story forward? Well, the setting in this book is, is almost a second villain um, because it's, there, it's on the mountains and there are a series of avalanches. So that moves the story forward. Um, they have different avalanches. They have to um, go and rescue people in the mountains and that type of thing. So that moves the story forward where they have to keep on going type of thing. And, yeah. and creates that extra conflict too. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, what did you find was the hardest part of writing this particular book? Writing the dog, because I don't have a dog. So getting that relationship between Jayla, who is the heroine, and Hercules um, right was a little bit hard for me. And, and I also had to do some um, research on avalanche dogs. So that was very exciting um, because... I, have, I now have so much respect for these dogs. They're so smart. But getting that relationship was difficult for me, and I hope I got it right. Well, readers, you'll have to find out So <laughs> when you read it. What is the book's tagline? Sabotage in the mountains. Can this canine sniff out the truth? Ooh, all right. Well, so, <laughs> yeah, I know, da, da, da. So thank you, Darlene, for being on my show. And my listeners, you can check out her book, Alaskan Avalanche Escape. Next up, I have Peggy Sue Wells in her new book, Chasing Sunrise. So welcome to my show, Peggy Sue. Hey, Sarah. It's lovely to talk with you. So let's talk about your heroine. Why did you pick your heroine's name? Elise Eisler is our heroine in Chasing Sunrise, and she is named after the Beethoven song, Dear Elise, because her parents are musicians. So her mom is from the U.S. and plays the viola. Her father is from Austria and is a conductor. They met playing music in France and came to St. Croix to serve as conductor for the Philharmonic at the St. Croix Atmospheric Theater. So with all that music in common, it was only natural they would choose Dear Elise and name her Elise. Yeah, I think so. I think definitely so. So let's switch to your hero. And um, what is his greatest fear in this book? Ooh, our hero, Michael Northington, was unable to protect his family or the one other person who helped him through their loss. 
that means his greatest fear as an Air Force elite pararescue man is that his skills will not be enough to save lives, especially the lives of those he loves. Yeah, I think that is a legitimate fear, and I'm sure he'll overcome it somehow in this book. <laughs> we always have happy endings. Um, so let's let's talk to uh, about your villain, um, because with romantic suspense, there's always bad guys or bad girls. Um, why did you decide to make this particular person your villain? And feel free to use the plural pronoun if you want to hide their identity. Ah, dun, 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 dun. So yeah. <laughs> our villain, our, yeah, our villain in Chasing Sunrise is a high-profile person with the ability to lead a double life. And he's mm. influential enough that he can manipulate situations to his advantage. And he's also someone that's so admired for his position that there's really little chance that people suspect him of being the villain. Ooh, wow. Except for, of course, your hero and heroine. So eventually, I'm sure until, they suspect him. <laughs> it does take until the end of the book. So that's a good, good bunch of suspense there. Yes, yes, of course. So if if your setting was a real place, what is one thing you had to change to make it fit your story? Because we all know that we have to move things or change things because of the right. story. Right, never, never let the facts mess up a good story was kind of the, yeah. the theory <laughs> for fiction. Yeah, if you're going to do fiction. Um, the Chasing Sunrise takes place on the island of St. Croix, which is an American holding in the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. And popular in the 1920s, there are still in existence today only a handful of atmospheric theaters in the whole world. So I listed up and patterned the atmospheric theater that exists in um, Midwest small town Anderson, Indiana. It's called the Paramount Theater. And I lifted that up and I placed it down in the capital of St. Croix in the capital city of Christiansted. So, yeah, we've got this wonderful theater there that it really never existed on the island of St. Croix. <laughs> well, so if you go visit St. Croix looking for that theater, you will not find it. But I'm sure it worked well for, you, for, your, for your story. Thank you, Sue. The fun, um, the fun thing was even at the end I got to find a way to, like, have it not there so when you show up now you won't be surprised that it's not there. So that was the okay. fun part of the end of the story. <laughs> Okay, great. Um, and let's talk about, um, you know, how this story started. What was the genesis of it? What was that one seed that blossomed into Chasing Sunrise? Mm. It was kind of a handful of seeds, and here's where it came from. As the Wellspring Fiddlers, my seven kids made recordings and performed music around the United States. In the summers, they attended Masterworks Performing Arts Festival. So one of my daughters was musical and an artist, so she was creating sets and costumes for the stage productions, and then all the kids played in the orchestra. So I am sitting there in their concerts, you know, like every evening practically through the summers, listening to breathtaking classical music. And while I'm hearing that, I'm thinking about what life is going to be like for my son who went into special forces. And I had honeymooned on St. Croix, but then when I took my kids back there to see it, the island was completely different after rebuilding from Hurricane Hugo. So all these ideas of music, art, military, tropical island, and hurricanes all blended into Chasing Sunrise 
as I sat there in those classical concerts. Oh, wow. Yeah, sometimes listening to classical music can really give our minds the chance to kind of wander into interesting paths. I actually, once in a while when I'm stuck, because um, I, when I wrote the patent that came, comes next, after Chasing Sunrise, I actually was at kind of a stuck place and was at a concert. And in that concert, again, the whole next scene of, you know, working it through the patent came. So classical music does have its place. It does. So, well, thank you for being on my show. We're going to close with uh, Chasing Sunrise's tagline. Chasing Sunrise, saving lives means defying orders. Ooh, well, you can find out more about that in the notes to this podcast. But thanks for being on my show, Peggy Sue. Thank you, Sarah. Next up, I'm talking with uh, author Lisa Harris and her new book, Shattered. So welcome to my show, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me. So you're here a heroine. How does she feel about love at the beginning of Shattered? Well, this is actually book five in the series, and there's a prequel that has her story with Chase. And so in this story, they've been separated. And so right now she just thinks that Chase is gone forever and she'll never find love again. Well, that's, that's pretty dark, but, you know, sometimes yeah. we have to do that to our characters. <laughs> but there will be a happy ending. Don't worry. <laughs> always, always. That's why I love romantic suspense. So let's yes. talk about your hero. What's his greatest fear at the beginning of the story or through the story? Well, again, that he, he has made choices, um, choices to help his country, and yet he's afraid that he will lose hope because of those choices. Mm. Yes, choices. Choices are always tricky. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> even good choices I know when, can be bad. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, so romantic suspense always has somebody who's working against the hero and/or heroine or both. Uh, so why did you decide to make this particular person? And feel free to use like generic they pronouns if you don't want to give it away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, the villain in this story is more of an organization. Um, Oh, okay. This is kind of an apocalyptic um, series where the grid goes down. And so the villains come from the organization behind the grid going down. Oh. And let's just and so say, hope you... and Chase get very yeah. close to them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that doesn't sound safe for them. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> so let's talk about the setting then. So where is this story set and why did you pick it? Well, it's set in far west Texas in a very remote um, fictional town called Shadow Ridge. And when I, when I first um, was coming up with the story, I just needed something very remote um, where it was difficult for them to know what was going on in the rest of the world and also a place that had, you know, horses and people were kind of used to, um, you know, living a bit more off the land. So it's kind of a contemporary western in a sense. <laughs> oh, Interesting. And so um, how did this story come about? I mean, what was the, like, the seed that grew into Shattered, the genesis of this story? Well, I do a lot of police procedural books, and um, obviously we all know that law enforcement agencies really rely on forensic tools and DNA testing and crime labs, and I just wanted just, I started thinking about what would happen if there was no technology anymore. How would the mm. police, how would the law enforcement go about solving crimes? And so... <clears throat> that was kind of the seed that started this series. They'd have to go back to, you know, 
when people solve crimes without <laughs> exactly. look in the past, exactly. I would think. Which actually happened yeah. for hundreds of years, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Technology is good, but, yeah, let's, let's rely on it. So, okay, well, this is sounds like a very fascinating story. So we're going to end our little time together, Lisa, with uh, what's Shattered's tagline for our listeners? Well, I'll just tell you the tagline for the whole series is Welcome okay. to Shadow Ridge where Longmire meets Jericho. So if you know Longmire's kind of a modern day Western mm-hmm. TV show and Jericho was again after the grid went down and so it's kind of a combination of those two. Ah, well if your appetite is whetted for this kind of a little bit apocalyptic um place in Texas where the nurse <laughs> everything's down, then you should pick up Shattered. But is this is this the concluding book to the series? There is going to be one more final kind of novella at the end, but this will pretty much wrap it up. Okay, great. Well, thanks for being on my show, Lisa. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to The Romantic Side of Suspense with Sarah Hammerker. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. You can sign up to receive notifications of upcoming podcasts and listen to previous editions at sarahhammakerfiction.com.